Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It's only the Custard TV podcast. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It's Luke, editor and runner of the website, that being thecustardtv.com. Matt's here from the northern area. I'm here. Hello. Matt and Luke are quite one-syllable names. We <laughs> needed somebody with three names. Just to balance it out, it's the return of Will Barber Taylor. Hello. Hello. Have you got a middle name? Uh, I've got two middle names. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Go on then, what are you? Uh, Will Trevor Blyton Barber Taylor. Christ, they didn't know what they were doing, did they? they were like, just... just chuck oh. it all in there, see what yes. sticks. Also, while we got you, what is your uh, national insurance number? We've got your middle name. <laughs> and your pin, your pin number. <laughs> yeah. Just for any Nigerian businessmen listening, we need all the details. So thank you. What was it again? Will, Trevor, Trevor Blight, Blight and Barber Taylor. I don't feel good for your kids. I mean, what, what are you, you going to do for them? You know, give them like nine names. <laughs> uh, I think it would probably be better to sort of like scale back a bit on the names, maybe. I don't know. Though, I, to be fair, if we get, if if they ended up with nine, I think yeah. you know people would be impressed. The but, thing is, the thing is, whenever you come on this podcast, very kindly I ask you, you say yes, and yes. I feel like we always talk about your three names. But I do feel when like when you say we, you mean you? Mean you. <laughs> you yeah. I, I do feel like there's a podcast in that. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. I thought it worth noting, in case people weren't following me on Twitter or weren't aware, that the British streaming service that brings together the back catalogue of the BBC, ITV and, for some reason, Comedy Central and Channel 5, has <laughs> launched now, BritBox is live. It's 5 99 a month. You go to BritBox.co.uk, you can sign up there for a free trial. It's 5 99 a month. Box sets to watch at your leisure. Will, are you mm-hmm. going to bother with the free trial? Are you even aware yes. that BritBox is a thing? I have signed up. Uh, I've looked at some of the shows i'm probably going to be watching at home with the braithwaite because i've not watched that in ages uh and clocking off as well which i was very happy to see on there all four series as well you can't even get Mm. those on dvd just yeah just um but what about 
past then? Is there much there that interests you? Uh, well, I've not really, I've not really had much of an explore of it to be honest. I just saw that um, that those two would be on there, and I've got them on my list. I've not really had a uh, a proper look around yet. Doing new stuff that's exclusive. Have they announced anything yet, uh, or is uh, it just going to be a? Matt, thank you for leading me into my oh, okay. information. Go. Look at you go. Like yes, they've, they've got a new, um, well, semi-new. It's been in Australia uh, before. They're calling it a Britbox exclusive. It's Lama God, which is an Australian drama starring, oddly, Jessica Barden from The End of the Effing World and Anne Dowd of The Handmaid's Tale, which I might look at because I heard good things when it was on in Australia. And uh, and I, I might give that a go. It's a period piece, but I won't let that put me off. I'm just not going to let it. I'm going to rise above on, that. Uh, Ozbox, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's weird? Speaking of that Ozbox, I sub- I get Amazon Prime, and they've just uploaded to. The, you can watch it at your leisure. Two hundred and fifty episodes of Home and Away. What? Why? <laughs> Like, see, from it, the start... If it had been Neighbours, I might have considered signing up. Well, let, let me just see whether Neighbours is there, because Home and Away was definitely there. I feel like we drifted, but I feel like this is important <laughs> for people to know. I think it is important. I think it's very important. Is it sort of Home and Away from the start? Or is it yes, from, like, oh, from okay. the beginning, yeah. No Neighbours on, oh. on Amazon Prime. I shall keep... Possibly on, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Rick Fox, I suppose. Possibly. You know, it's yeah, got that Netflix. Netflix. BBC. Maybe. Um, what other streaming services do you pay for at the moment, Will? Uh, I have Prime, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. You've not just got Amazon Prime, you've got Prime, <laughs> I've got Prime Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime yeah. <laughs> it, it's the best of Prime. It means that you don't have to sort of like uh, look at any. Yeah, all the guff because it's like a stage further on. Yeah. And Prime. Home and Away rises to the top in that Exactly. Occasion. I mean, you know, it's. He, it's he knows what he's doing for the rest of the day now. Yeah. yeah. What about at home? You've got Sky or Freeview or. Uh, Freeview. Virgin. Preview. Okay, so the only things you haven't got access to at the moment is like the Sky stuff, Sky Atlantic, yeah. and things like that. I um, mean, I usually get that on like um, DVD or buy it from like Sky Atlantic store. So you know, well, you... I want particular things, but so you didn't think five ninety nine a month was too much for another streaming service? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is slightly cheaper than. Um... Netflix. I, I, I can't remember how much uh, Amazon Prime is. To be honest, I'll probably have BritBox as a staple because, like, I subscribe to Netflix for particular periods. Like, I subscribe this month uh, to watch The Crown, but then I'll probably cancel my subscription maybe in a month, couple of months, because often I feel that they just stuff too much stuff into it, and it's not necessarily stuff that I will want to watch. So I feel like I'm paying for something that you know. It's yeah, just there. Matt doesn't subscribe to Netflix. Um, but, I that's because I'm poor. You're not poor. You've got great personality. <laughs> um, first of all, as somebody who won't probably subscribe to BritBox, I'm assuming, Matt, mm. and were you even aware that it was... That it, I it was, because I follow you on Twitter. Okay, but otherwise, <laughs> you... If you didn't, they've not really shouted about it. No. This I knew, well, I knew it they? was. I definitely knew it was coming because there was quite a lot of publicity. And I think you know they have. It has been promoted on like the BB, I think I saw a story about it on the BBC News website. So I, I, I would have known about it, but not from their own. You know, 
themselves, you know, there's other places promoting it, I suppose. There are some, some hidden gems there. I mean, like you said, Will, you mentioned at home with the Braithwaite's. There's things I haven't seen for years that I that I want to point people to. So Marion and Jeff with Rob from Rob Bryden and Hugo Blick is there. I really thought that was amazing. Uh, Silk that we talked about years ago, the legal drama, that's all there for you to watch. And uh, it's quite an easy website to to um, to navigate. I'm more interested in, in it when it becomes an app on your TV because at the moment mm. it's just a website. But, um, Have they said anything see? about that? Yeah, about... if you've got a if you've got a Samsung TV, mm-hmm. then it will be coming to that. Otherwise, it's taking a bit longer to get onto other ones. Or if you got right. Apple, if you've got an Apple TV, it'll be there. And also, they've announced that in 2020. Channel 4 uh, content will be on there as well. So that's good because there's, there's, mm. there's some retro Channel 4 stuff that I really hope will pop up on there. And, and of course, the ITV hub is really unuser-friendly and awful. You have to sit through ads. So this is a way of bypassing it's, all those but, annoyances. But is, that is interesting because I noticed when um, I was watching the Affing World that Channel 4 now are promoting... Add free all four for what, like three or four pounds a month? Oh, they, I so, see. I had no idea about no. that either. Yeah, yeah. It just said watch this without the ad sort of thing. So Britbox, if you want to sign up for your uh, free first month, uh, do it. It's Britbox.co.uk, and uh, let me know what you think of the selection. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com is the web is the email address you can get in touch with or follow me on Twitter at LukeCustardTV. So, um, we are here to review a couple of shows. First of all, I would like to direct you, if I may, to Will's uh, wonderful review of the first episode of his Dark Materials, written by Jack Thorne, adapted by Philip, uh, from Philip Pullman uh, novel. Will, give us a bit of a background on this, because you are familiar with the source material, and uh-huh. so that's why you're the right person to be writing the review. <laughs> but um, but how how did this compare, first of all, to the book you remember? Because a lot of the criticism from it of it that I've read, there's been two sides of people going, it's really faithful to the book and I like it for that. And then the other side of the audience is going, it's almost too faithful to the book, but it's taken too long to get anywhere. So how did you feel? Uh, I felt that... In terms of being faithful to the book, it is very faithful to the book. Um, in comparison to the film that came out, I think 2005, uh, which was an adaptation of the first uh, book, which this first season is based on, which tended to rush through uh, a lot of the of the plot and sort of like uh, weakened some of the the subplots and some of the secondary characters. I think it depends how you view it, because if you want, uh, if you just want the sort of like the core elements of the book, the main uh, plot points then this probably isn't the adaptation for you because it does go quite uh deep into the different uh elements of the book and the different storylines and it goes at the same pace as the book so i mean i personally like it because i enjoy really enjoyed reading the book and reading it at the pace that philip pullman had written but if you didn't if you felt it could have been a bit quicker then i would say that this probably isn't the tv adaptation for you what about the performances? A lot of people praising Ruth Wilson and the young girl who's at, who is at the centre of the show. It's her first TV performance as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. 
Uh, I think that um, Ruth Wilson's performance as uh, Mrs. Coulter is is brilliant. I think because some people were saying that on Twitter that oh, is it's just Ruth Wilson playing another sort of like charming psychopath like she did in Luther and I think a couple of other things. But I think that there's there's a bit more. Um, I wouldn't say depth, but there's a bit more sort of like layers and sort of like shades of grey uh, in her performance of this. And I think her motivation, uh, the way she gets her motivation across in the first episode and then through the rest of the series, is done very well and it's very believable um, for her as the character. And I think she has a really good chemistry uh, with, I think I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Daphne Keane who um, plays Lyra, who I, I think she was in the one of the Logan, X-Men. Logan, yeah, the last um, Wolverine film. Yeah, and she was very good in that. But I think in this, um, she's sort of like, because in that she's sort of like, I won't say anything about it, but she's quite a different character in a way as a child uh, uh, character than she is in this. And you get a real sort of like sense of wonder and uh, of desire for sort of like adventure. In this, and I think she puts that across really well and um, bounces very well off uh, Ruth Wilson's character. For me, I, I, just, I just found it completely inaccessible because, A, I hadn't read the book. I don't like fantasy as a genre, so for me it was almost relief that it's one less show for me to have to worry about. But, Matt, you, you feel like you read the book a long time ago. I think I read uh, the first book, um, again, around the same time. I think it was part of that uni course where oddly we also read Watchmen so it was a bit of a, a weird mm. one but um, yeah I, I think I, I, I agree with the criticisms of the sort of trying to be faithful to because to, there's a lot of stuff to sort of explain and set up isn't there and mm. I think that's where other people have struggled in the past like there was a film wasn't there yeah. um, of the Golden Compass back in I think 2007 um, I think it's hard to and I suppose especially with TV where it's sort of, you know, split up into episodes and because it's on the BBC having to wait a week for the next episode rather than, say, if it was on um, a streaming service where you could binge it all at once. You know, this episode was very exposition heavy. Um, there were there wasn't a great deal of action. Mm. You know, it was a lot of people sitting around in rooms yeah. talking and explaining the plot to each other. Um I don't think I'm going to continue with this either. You know, I, I can appreciate why some people would like it. I wonder if it will guide people towards the books who don't know it already or if it's more for people who have read the books who want to see this sort of faithful adaptation because that's what it feels more like. Uh, I agree that the performances were very good. I thought Clark Peters was very good as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. He's good in most things, really. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with Luke in not going to continue watching this. But it's nice to have, like, a on 8pm, isn't it? Like an 8pm yeah. sort of family drama. Um, I remember when we had, was it Nicole we had on who was sort of saying that there's not a lot that the family could sit down and watch together. And, and mm. this is this is something that, that they can do. And I think there was a lot more of it when we were growing up, Luke, than, than there is now. So it's nice yeah. to see that, even though I'm not going to watch it, I do appreciate that they are trying to do something which appeals to the whole family. Anyway, uh, speaking of Jack Thorne, he's a busy man, or at least or at least he was. Um, he's probably less busy now because the shows are on TV. But the other show of his uh, is The Accident on Thursday night. It's on Channel 4. This is the drama Matt and I reviewed that starred Sarah Lancashire. Uh, based in in a, t- a little village in Wales where uh, everybody knows one another, the kids 
break into a building site and there's an explosion and then the building collapses leaving all but one of them uh, dead um, and I said at the time that I really struggled with it I didn't feel any emotional empathy and that it just really didn't sit well with me um, and I was disappointed having been a big fan of say Kiri or National Treasure and Matt was somewhere in between and I said let's get a guest on preferably with three or four or five names <laughs> to, dis- to discuss, to give their views, because uh, at the time uh, you hadn't seen uh, the accident, um, Will, and I asked no. you to watch it. You watched the, the two episodes, three have been yeah. on, you watched two. Hit us. Uh, I, I don't want to actually physically hit you, partly because it's not possible, because we're recording via Skype. Uh, but also, I don't want to hurt you. Uh, but That's if you right. mean. Thank- I appreciate both of those things. <laughs> Uh, but if you mean in terms of, yeah, I thought, it, like what you said, Luke. I think it kind of lacked any, like, real emotional Oomph. impact. Yeah, impact for me, um, because it just sort of like it started, then the sort of like pretty much the accident quite early on into sort of like the the runtime of it, and then the sort of like the second episode is just like, oh, you know the people coping with the trash. And I think the individual actors in the way that they express how they were coping, I think they did it very well, but I was sort of left feeling a bit like, well, I don't really know these characters well enough to feel I can understand their sort of like their grief or, you know, sympathize outside of just thinking, Oh, this is a horrible thing, but like not personalize it to individual characters. It just seemed a bit like, lacking in that regard this is one of those rare occasions and i said it about another show last year where there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the show and a lot of things i'm intrigued and interested in tis the season for chicken fingers at raisin canes warm up with cooked order chicken fingers crispy crinkle cut fries texas toast and the real source of holiday magic cane sauce happy holidays from raisin canes chicken fingers one love (laughs) Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But the camera seems to be pointing at things I'm not interested what, in. What was the show last year? It was the third series of Unforgotten for oh, me. Oh, okay. Because the, there's a lot of interesting things in that, in that show, but the camera was pointing at other stuff that I found less interesting. And it's definitely the case with this. They're focusing too much on your woman from Borgen and her boyfriend. Then you've got uh, Sarah Lancashire and her husband who is violent towards her and is an abuser. And you've got the homeless man that saved uh, their daughter's life is now living with them. And mm. then you've got Joanna I haven't Scanlon. S- I haven't seen that episode yet, the third episode. No, and, and you've got Joanna Scanlon as this sort of Joanna Scanlon-esque yeah. character who's really uh, <laughs> She's not well-defined, and... I'll give you that. No. So, I know. just... I think it is. There's a good drama in there. It's just... It's what almost trying like to, to be too many things. I like to see more of of their of their coping mechanism. Mm. I couldn't give two 
jots about uh, your, your lady from Borgen and all her side. I appreciate it's an important level yeah. of the, to the I story. I suppose but... what they maybe don't need to show you is her personal life, but I think yeah. it's putting a personal face on that side of things, you know, more so than this just being the authority, the people who are hmm. ostensibly in the wrong, um, the people who are going to be sort of the focus of the criticism. Um, having not seen the third episode yet, based on... on a, I really liked episode two, I have to say. I don't know, obviously, you've seen the third one. Um, I liked all the stuff with um, Genevieve Barr, who was the... See, I don't like that. It's that she is Will. Um, she mm. is the uh, deaf character whose husband is being implicated in it all after yeah. the leak. Yeah, I, I just feel like there's almost too much. Why don't Why don't you like that? I, do, I because I don't explain yourself. Luke. I don't. I don't. Okay, <laughs> that's what this podcast is for. Is it? Is it really? Yeah. Oh Christ! I didn't come prepared. I. <laughs> where are my notes? Um, I I um I don't like her as a character. I don't feel any empathy towards her. I don't. I, I, it's that old thing of like like Will said at the beginning. We got to know these people for a minute and a half, and then all of a sudden, the Do accident. Do you think it needed another episode before? Well, I, I think the I think I, the accident could have happened halfway through, as mm. opposed to five minutes in, yeah. because you didn't. The world wasn't really built, and then yeah, we were supposed no. to go. Oh, wait, wait, hang on, this awful thing's happening. You no, know, I get that. That's one of my biggest bugbears when a show is about one thing. And they do that thing immediately because in today's world you've got to grab an audience and they want the accident of the title to be quite quick. But, but I suppose <sighs> with with Kiri, you got to meet Kiri quite a bit. Yes. You, know, you had that empathy because yeah. I remember you saying when we reviewed that. Because did that not end that first episode? Was it the end or the middle of the episode where she went missing? Middle, I think. Middle to middle to the end, so you got that, and I and I sort of get the um, the thing that you wanted to know the the children a little bit more, but I suppose it's about the grief of the parents, isn't it? Yeah, but Sarah Lancashire is the only character really grieving, really. The others are quite, as you say, not as well drawn as as her, and I find her Welsh accent off-putting, although that might be a, a thing of mine. But yeah, it's it's in my view, it's a bit of a mess. And um, I'm sticking with it because it's I, d- I, I disagree with this. Well, you wait to see the third episode okay. because there's a sex scene in that that rivals the sex scene in Mother, Father, Son, if you can remember okay. that. for weirdest sex scene of the year. Not that that should there's be a category. A, there there, there were some weird bits in Gold Digger as well, wasn't there? That we were gonna talk oh, about. Don't, we're going to talk about that when Will's not here because he's still young. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, the it's Will Young. Will be yeah, Will Young, yeah. exactly. You think you're going to sure leave right now, Will. <laughs> anyway, uh, just to sum up uh, the accident that I'm not really digging. Uh, see what I did there, Will? I used the young people yes, phrase. Yes, I did. Um, I did. On... <laughs> did you get it, though? Did you hear it? Did I, I did. pronounce it right? Okay. Yes, you pronounced it right. <laughs> okay, I didn't know whether the G was there or whether it was just an N apostrophe. So it was all right. <laughs> That's on uh, Thursday nights at 9 on Channel 4. The final episode airs this week. Uh, let us know again what you think. Uh, Twitter at CustardTVPod or at LukeCustardTV or email CustardTVReviews at gmail.com. I'd love to see what other people are thinking because I've seen people online saying 
too slow, don't feel the empathy, giving up, and other people going, it's quite moving, and I don't know, maybe I've got a swinging brick, I don't know. Yes, the accident, nine, o'c- nine o'clock, oh, I've lasted well if I have, nine o'clock on uh, Channel 4 on Thursday nights. Finally then, w- with Will's company, uh, Guilt on BBC Two, this is a comedy drama on uh, from BBC Scotland that we're getting on, I think Wednesdays on BBC Two. Uh, this stars Mark Bonner and another Scottish man. Jamie as... Sills, is that how you say it? Y- yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Let's I go wasn't with sure how to... Sure to... Yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce Diggin, so I'm I'm fine <laughs> with that. Um and this is this is them this is the wrong man's with Scottish accents yeah. but a bit more but a bit I, more down I, to earth. I equated it to a Scottish Fargo. Oh nice. Ooh. Black comedy of errors. Yeah. Now this is one that a lot of people are talking about online as one of the the year's best hidden gems. Um, Matt, you were keener to talk about it than than well, Will was when I said we were we were going to be doing the podcast today. Matt, talk to me. We had dis- well, we talked about talking about this last week when you lost me. <laughs> going behind the going behind the curtain a little bit. Um, we 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 planned to record last week, but. Various sort of travel issues and power cuts. I'm um, not even sure it. this is happening, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is a, as you said, four-part uh, drama set in Scotland. Stars Mark Bonner and Jamie Silves as brothers who are quite different in character. Mark Bonner plays this um, solicitor who's quite well-to-do, likes the finer things in life. Uh, married to a lady played by uh, Sean Brooke, who's got a weird subplot where she's friends with the lesbian from her exercise class um, and Jamie Sills' character is sort of a frustrated would-be mu- musician who runs a record shop um, early on they're coming back uh, from a wedding they're under the influence of drink and I think cannabis as well uh, where they're arguing and they hit a, um, a man um, and kill him, he's a man that uh, the Jamie Sills' character knows as a um, someone he regularly buys records from so they um, decide to cover up the, the hit and run and put him back in his chair in his house. and Because um, they find out he's dying. Di- as dying it happens, he's dying. Yeah. Ca- that yeah. was what I was going to say. He's find well, out he's you would have. Yes, before you interrupted me. Um, <laughs> and, and then they feel like everything has died down. And then he realises, Jamie Sills' character, that he's left his wallet at, at the man's house. And this leads to him being invited to the wake and meeting uh, he, the American niece of this chap, who then they beginning a, uh, a romance. And it ends up with her feeling that there's more suspicious stuff going on. And the, by and by, the brothers accidentally get an investigator involved to investigate uh, what's going on, even though they know that they were the ones who killed him. I'll give my two penneth, and then I'll, I'll pass it on to the man with three names and that in the north. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're, just to be clear, well, that's you and the man in the north is Matt. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, I got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know young people have difficulty. With... Get on with it. <laughs> um, right. So, um, guilt is what we're talking about. Yes. Um, I felt like I enjoyed the comedic elements of this. I thought the lines were very quick and pacey, but I do feel like I'd seen it before and okay. better done. That was my. That's my well, overall feeling where, of this first what, episode. Where, what, what in, 
in the what? two in in the two examples you've given, yeah. so Fargo, uh, particularly the series with Martin Freeman mm. and mm. Billy Bob Thornton, which I adore, and the wrong man's with James Gordon and Matthew Bainton, which I also adore, and I just feel like. It it wasn't as original as I had been hoping it to be. I thought Mark Bonner and Jamie Seal were good. And because there's so few episodes, I may go back to it. But I didn't end it going, I must continue. I must see where this is going. But I did think some of the lines were quick-paced and well thought out. Yeah. It just didn't, mm. it didn't grab me at any point. Okay. I, I wasn't really invested to the same degree that I'm guessing from your disappointed sounds that you were. <laughs> I mean, I found this, I, I really liked, as you say, the comedy, I thought the, I laughed more than in most sitcoms, I thought, yeah. Mark Bonner especially, his delivery was brilliant, and you sort of get from the, even though, again, this, I like the accident, this started with the incident that sort of the plot sort of tails off from, you don't feel like you needed to see the brothers ahead of this, you know, you no, got you didn't need to go they, to the wedding with them or anything like that. There's little elements of suspicion that you know they don't spend this much time together. Um, the, as the Sean Brook character, the wife, is saying that um, yeah, it's odd that, and there's something going on, and they keep having to cover their tracks. I am intrigued to see how it ends, even though there's sort of only sort of one or two sort of endings to this but i think the chemistry is really good the humor is really good i think they built the pace the pace of this was well done the the suspenseful elements yeah i thought it was because i didn't know a lot about this going in it was a real surprise to me i didn't know what it was about really um i and i think the results i really enjoyed i I would just say that i like the comedy and i thought the performances were great but i did feel that there was some sort of like like, to get to the point that they needed to get to, I think that they could have done it a bit better. Like, the idea of he's this sort of, like, um, Mark Bonner's character is this lawyer who has got this sort of quite high opinion of himself and doesn't want to see his, um, his, his job in peril or anything like that, and yet he doesn't take a taxi home. That seemed a bit odd, I, th- I felt. And then um, when Jamie Sill's character loses his wallet, he, does, he doesn't notice that he's lost it for like a week until the solicitor of the guy that they accidentally killed. No, he did a, no, he did actually did mention he? it. He said oh, he thought he? he'd left it at the wedding. He said I left my wallet oh, right. at the wedding. He did mention that earlier. All right, okay, fair enough. But it, it, I don't know, it just sort of like felt that with the whole thing with the wallet that would he not, if he did think it was... Are you aware how wedding, comedy he... works? Yeah, no, I know how comedy works. I mean... <laughs> I know how it works. I'm just, I'm just saying that I felt that they could have come up with something that just made a fair enough, bit more of a um, logical uh, sense in terms of getting from point A to point B. In they terms of the wallet, though, I mean, they didn't find the body straight away, did they? No, and true. I think that's it. You know, he might. I suppose he might have rung the person, whoever the wedding was, and and gone, "Have you got my wallet?" But I think. Before that, he got that call from the from the place, but they did have that line in there. I get what you're saying, I suppose, about him getting a taxi back, but I suppose if he was sort of offered a lift by his yeah. brother... From <laughs> I, think it would be, I think it would be breaking it down to yeah. this level. Well, that's what happens when you get sort of classy guests on, like Will. <laughs> Who <laughs> don't understand how comedy works. Yeah. But I mean, well, it's surely... like the dialogue and stuff, and the... 
casual performances. I thought it was really good. It's just those were the sort of like particular issues that I had with it in terms of. And like, it's Neil Forsyth who comes from a comedy back. He did the mm-hmm. uh, the Brian Cox thing, Bob Servant, and he did the yeah. um, mm-hmm. Morecambe and Wise thing a few Christmases ago as well. The Eric Ernie and me, um, mm-hmm. which was, was Mark Bonner in that. What a yeah, he was, oddly, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, well, just to get back to you quickly, are you the sort of thing that goes, person who goes, well, surely Del Boy must have seen them lifting the bar up before he leaned on it. <laughs> it's, the, it's these millennials, they try and pick holes and everything. And why didn't the Vicar of Dibley just tell everyone that she went round to that she'd already had a Christmas dinner? Oh, to, that be fair, to be fair, in that instance, I can at least say that she probably didn't because she was too embarrassed and fair enough i can understand, I can understand that all right it's fair enough i can understand that so i wouldn't pick a, i wouldn't try to pick a hole in that plus it's a compliment classic so. <laughs> well I, I you know that's blown my mind uh, so guilt is on um wednesday nights i believe on bbc2 it's i think it's all there on the iPlayer, should you want to uh, go and watch it, because it actually airs sooner in on Sky Scot or on BBC Scotland. So I think they're all there for you to watch. Um, it's the sort of thing that I might go back to, but I'm not in a massive rush at the moment. But uh, people are, are saying it's a, it's a uh, bit of a hidden gem. Thank you ever so much to Will. Will, where can people find you? And you do your own podcast. Tell us a bit about that quick. Uh, I do. Um, they can find me on Twitter if they want to, at Blackadder345. That's uh, a comedy. That is a comedy. It's a very good comedy. <laughs> Favourite not... series of Blackadder, which is it? Uh, three. I would go for yeah. three. I think the dynamic between Rowan Atkinson, uh, Hugh Laurie and Tony Robinson is that it's probably the best of any of the series. I think it's great. Diction me episodes. Like diction. Oh, I was just yeah. going to oh! say <laughs> <Jinxed>. <laughs> Matt and I spend way too much time together. We're just morphing into the same person. Um, my podcast is debated. It's a political-ish type podcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, I think, as well now. And you can follow us at Debated Podcast on Twitter. If you find the Blackadder 345 account, you'll find a link to the Debated uh, Podcast account. Oh, and that sounds uh, like a lot of work. I'm, <laughs> need to try I'm still waiting for Will to ask us on to this. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> you yeah. can come on if you want. I mean, I just... <laughs> we could just come on and talk about the thick of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or yes, minister. Or yeah, got the dead donkey. Yeah. Uh, two of two of those three that Matt mentioned happened to be on Britbox. Oh. Uh, so yeah, there you are go. You, you, have you got a share in Britbox? <laughs> no, no. I just thought, you know, how about a friend? Um. So thank you, Will. Thank you very much. Meanwhile, Matt and I will talk about other shows that only we and the people who've already seen them have seen. Thank you, Will. As well. Thank you. Meanwhile, in the land of just Matt and I, we have got... Hello. You're already here, Matt. We don't yeah. need to go through I feel that. like we need a break. And, and previously what? on. <laughs> previously, yeah. Um, we've got a couple of shows to discuss. Uh, the End of the Effing World, which everywhere else in the Effing World is now available on Netflix. But if you've not seen it, uh, Series 2 is now all on all four as well. But Channel 4 were very annoyed last... I think last time 
because people it, assumed it, it was were, it was a Netflix show. I, I was just going to say Edinburgh 2018. The, I can't remember the name. The head of Channel 4. You'll tell me now. Ian Katz. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes. Um, he was, as you say, voicing that nobody knew it was a Channel 4 show because Channel 4 only showed the first episode and and then put the rest of it on all four. And then, as you say, it then went on to Netflix. Um, I remember, actually, myself and Gary did a brief review of it in the first episode, but you know, you, you watched it after the fact, so we didn't really get a, a chance to talk about the first series all that much either. No, it's it's just one of our favourite shows of the last decade. It's Jessica Barden and Alex Lawther are amazing. The writing's amazing. The music's fantastic. The atmosphere is spooky. Do you want to sum and... up the plot a little bit? I could certainly try, yes. Yeah. So, um... And I don't know how spoilery we want to be in terms of series yeah, two, because... Um, Having watched it all on all four, um, the, there is a certain part of this series that they don't actually reveal in the sort of the plot synopses um, on okay. on um, certainly on the all four when you're watching each episode. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Do we want to be spoilery and just say yeah, put the time I, code I, I, on I, the I thing? I think so for a little bit. Yeah. So we'll we'll put the time codes for this review on there. So if you want to skip ahead to. Our review of whatever's coming next, maybe Gold Ooh, Digger. Mystery, mystery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, then please do, and then come back when you when you've watched it. So okay. go ahead. So uh, Alex Lawther and Jessica Barden start as uh, James and Alyssa, two teenagers. They're outcasts in their own worlds. Basically, Alyssa has a man played by Christine Bottomley, who is getting married again at the start of the first series and has two young twins. Alex, Alex Lawther has lost his mum and is just living with his so dad. Who he, she killed herself, didn't she? Yeah, and uh, he's living with his dad, who he finds difficult to live with. He's quite distant and all that. And so um, uh, James starts to wonder if he might be a bit of a psychopath. And we've got this peep show-esque inner monologue saying that he wants to try and kill someone, he enjoys that and he meets Alyssa in the school canteen and he says that she's irritating and would be exactly the right person for him to kill. So they go on this little road trip after James smacks his dad in the face and sort of against their better judgement fall for one another. They go into this guy's house um, and end up uh, attacking him with a knife after he attacks Alyssa. 
So James and Alyssa then go on the run, and series one is fantastic. I don't want to spoil a lot of it for you, but the end is is them together on the beach. They've sort of come together. They know they love each other. They know they're they're a couple, and it ends with a gunshot, and you don't know whether James has survived after he's caught by the police. Now, after the end of series one, I was completely self-satisfied. I didn't want any more, and I thought it was a work of perfection. I love the fact that the episodes are sometimes under 20 minutes. It felt revolutionary and enjoyable for that, and it was really quick and really well-paced. And then they announced, because it had been such a huge success on the streaming service, that, of course, it was going to get a second series, and I started to worry. But what they do so brilliantly, or what writer Charlie Cavell does so brilliantly, is she starts this series with an unknown character, with somebody we've never met, with somebody we don't know any, anything about, uh, called Bonnie. And so we're back in the sort of the world or the atmosphere of the show, but without any real mention of James and Alyssa in this first episode. What I sort of knew that before I started, annoyingly, somebody told me, but what was your uh, feelings of that, just that first one? Well, I... Isolated? I, I... As I say, I mean, they had um, on, as I say, on the website, it did say this this character. It just says, well, you know, we meet this character, Bonnie, but what is her connection to Alyssa? Um, but yeah. no, I really liked it because they did a whole sort of backstory on her from her upbringing, things like that. And she was someone who was meant to succeed, do her A-levels, go to university. Um, but her um, parents split up when her, when her dad loses his job. Her mum was quite demanding. She ended up, I suppose, the the connection is that she ended up in a relationship with this lecturer who the attacked Alyssa and James, who, as you say, they ended up uh, killing. Um, I thought the just generally the performance by Naomi Aki was very good. She's this late this woman who's sort of you know devoid of everything. She's been in prison already for killing someone else. Someone else mm. linked to the lecturer. You know, she she very much is has got one focus and it's on, on killing the people who killed the love of her life. And there's mm. a great... See, it sets out the... To- and I suppose if you watch the first series, you know that the toe... You know, again, it's sort of very blackly comic that she goes into a, a, a garage, a petrol station, to buy a pen knife. Who, and he's, the server is someone who she went to school with. And she says, you know, I've been to prison for killing someone and I'm going to go and kill someone now. And, and he sort of just laughs it off. Um, but, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of the um, start of the second series of Utopia where yeah. they did an entire flashback episode. But it's it's that sort of bravery of this. And it's something, before I pressed play on that episode, I did not know was going to happen. So, mm. um, no, I really enjoyed that. Brilliant. So... I think from here on in, spoilers ahoy. I think they're unavoidable. So, uh, James did survive mm. the gunshot. That's the, the one end. thing that on the on the synopses on 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 the player they um, don't mention James at all. He actually t- turns up by saying, "I did not die," and and we sort of we meet him after we reunite with Alyssa, who is. Moved on with her life. She's actually getting married again. Or not again, she's never been married. But getting married to this guy that she knows. She's working and living at a diner in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's like a little hotel, isn't it? Run by her mum's half-sister. Um, and you get the little sort of flashbacks to um, 
you know her life post the post the incident um doing community service and things like that um she's working at this diner you know she starts dating and then proposes to this guy who's a a customer there and um then you see this car lurking in the in the car park of the diner and you believe it to be bonnie because you know she's out to kill james and Alyssa. um and then it, it is revealed to be james in the car and then you and the, flash back the thing to find that, out the thing why that james. brings her back brings them back together the impetus for their reunion is that both have received bullets in the post uh from bonnie with their names on even though Alyssa's was spelt incorrect yeah i like that um so let's just talk about the series as a whole there's there's eight episodes channel four aired them in double bills you watch them on all four i watch them uh on sometimes on the nights they went out and sometimes on all four so a bit all over the place we neither of us felt in great rush for this second series because it could have been a bit of a a bit of a mistake do you feel like it was worthwhile worthwhile and enjoyable and and live, lived up to any expectations you may have yeah. had i don't feel we needed it but i'm glad that no. we've got it that's exactly that's exactly me um i think of all of the shows that we've had come back that didn't particularly necessitate a second or third series i think we think a killing eve big little lies yeah um i'm sure there are other ones i suppose handmaid's tale you know they they created that off the top of that of their own backs because the you know that's the book ends after the first season um mm-hmm. this for me and i think it might be the the 20 minute episodes the pace the structure of it it just works and i think everything about it was believable it was about you know once you go through this what happens next yeah because you know these these people are you know 17 year olds they're 18 now you know you don't know anything when you're that age and i think they do, even though the actors themselves i think are in their 20s you know they they do a great job of playing like these innocent damaged people who are you know trying to cope with this i mean uh, the, the james character he you know was shot but survived you know he learned to walk again he was forced to break up with Alyssa via a letter with the christine bottomley character coming to visit him in hospital um and then his dad dies as well i thought was a bit of a shame because i thought steve oran was brilliant in those few scenes he was in before his character had a heart attack and one of the sort of tropes of this series is that he he's carrying his dad around in in an urn the entire time um after their car gets impounded early on and they feel that they um that that he might lose him so that 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 i liked as a sort of a running gag and but yeah i mean just the the themes of the series as a whole i mean i thought jessica barden was the star here i just thought she was absolutely brilliant as this girl that character is is one of the best characters on television clearly suffering from some trauma and you hear the inner monologues of both characters and, and i think you know you get the I, I don't think it would work without that, but I no, just think this is someone just, who's clearly... I think we said that at the time, they would yeah. just come across as cold and, and bitter if we didn't know what was really uh, going on behind the I eyes. Her realisation at the end of this series that she does need some psychological help yeah. um, was the sort of the summation of it, really. Um, I felt that, I don't know, they, it might have just been that I finished it off quite late last night, but 
the, the, the final episodes maybe sort of, it felt like it petered out a bit once they got back Slightly. to the diner. Slightly, um, yeah. With a great sort of, but it was the, the bits with Bonnie and Alyssa in the diner were obviously a sort of homage to the Al Pacino, Robert De Niro scene in Heat. And I love the little cameo from the guy who played Pierce in Detectorist as the... No, Tim is the police officer. The police officer who comes in and then stays because he wants some apple strudel. There's a a scene where it appears as if Bonnie has shot them. And I gasped at that point and may have even sat forward in the chair. And I didn't for one second believe it hadn't happened because this is the sort of show that would do that. I, I thought slightly... Let down. I think it's the only thing they've ever done where I've gone, oh, that's mm. a shame. Because if they had done... Because let, let's say right now, we don't need a third. No. I know we said we don't need a second, but we definitely, definitely don't need a third. Because they've resolved uh, everything now, yeah. haven't they? They, you know, yeah. they ended the series with them holding hands. You know, it was a classic they sort of romantic ending. They are a couple, ending. yeah. They, they yeah. Are, they've come to terms with who they are. They've come to terms with what's happened to them. And I'll be hugely disappointed if there's a third, because the third won't have that jeopardy that the, the, the first two have had. But I was slightly, just for a second, as much as I love those characters, I did think it would be amazing if she mm. shot and killed I that I would... agree, actually, because they have, they linger on that shot for longer than you would expect. You know, this is her yeah. fantasy. You know, they're, they're both saying you don't have to shoot us, and then she just, and I suppose there is, I think we feel that more because she has already killed um yeah. a motel owner played brilliantly by tim key as well i yeah, thought he was yeah. brilliant all the little all cameos that they had i mean patterson joseph as well as a, he as a was chemist re- he really surprised me by how good he was in that yeah. role as well but uh, it reminded me you know this was a guy who sort of came to prominence in peep show is i mean we've seen yeah. him in a lot of dramas but you know he was a regular on Mitchell and Webb as well on their sketch show so he has got that comic sensibility about him and i thought he was brilliant in the you know, the scenes where she goes to a chemist. I suppose the, the theme of it is that they reunite and then and then they are basically carrying with them the woman who wants to kill them both. Yes. Um, with either of them realising that because they're wrapped up in their own little plot. She get does get married to... And I thought he was great as well, the guy who played her boyfriend, uh, Josh Dillon's the actor's name, Todd, who's this sort of... He's a bit of a dullard, really, isn't he? He's just like, what was it? Finland doesn't exist or something like that. Yeah. It's just been but great. No, it's, a, it's a really good little character. Yeah, that... uh, he's like a normal bloke, and and she does get married to him, and then runs off with James following the wedding. If it comes back for the third, and it's a massive if, I will be slightly disappointed yeah. because I, as much as I love those characters, as much as I love those world, that world. There's nothing more that they can do really now no. with them as a, I mean, quote unquote, traditional teenage couple that I would be over the moon to see. Yeah. There's nothing really that that uh, that I want from it. But series two was not a mistake, as it turns no. out. It was a bit of a triumph, and yeah. it's all there and on all four. And on I just four. yeah, and I think everyone now needs because I'm really interested to see what what the what did you say her name was? Sorry, the Charlie the, Cavell. What she does next, what Jessica... I mean, Jessica Barden really should be a big star at this point, and she's not really... I don't. Both of them, actually. Have, you don't really see them in a lot of stuff. I remember Alex Lawther, I first saw him in the Black Mirror episode, which he was rather good in as well. Um, just a couple more things on this, really. I really like the music choices. They use sort of classic rock and R&B and things. You know, they use 
primarily 1960s music, isn't it? If not before. Mm. And, and I think that works really well. The direction is spot on, you know, as well as these monologues, we get the close up on the character's faces. She has this line at one point, she says, even if I don't look at James, I know what his face is doing. And, and it's just every, every shot feels perfect. The editing is perfect. You know, you've got the sort of the triple threat, I suppose, of brilliant performances, brilliant writing and brilliant direction. And it's just something, so different and I think it's something that you know we don't necessarily always like this style of thing I think if it was an American thing we might struggle with it a little bit more but I think it's got that Britishness to it these characters yeah. feel British there's a sort of mundanity almost to, to both characters to their world so when these things happen to them it feels but they do maintain that you know it's normal people sort of going through this and i just thought you know i've watched i watched it all in what two days um you know it's only about what two hours 20 minutes in total without ads at the end of the effing world get it now on all four or wherever you want to find it it is an extraordinary piece of television and proof that the uk can still fight it with the best of them as far as innovative tv is concerned with that in mind Gold Digger starts on Tuesday. I just had that song in my head the entire time when watching this as well. uh, On BBC One, and it is the story of a woman who, on her 60th birthday, having split up from her, or having her husband leave her and settle in with another woman, she goes for a birthday visit round a museum, as everyone will do on their birthday, I presume. Well, I suppose the thing is, she's got three grown up children, all of whom. About that, she's booked a, a, a meal at a posh restaurant, and they all abandon her for one reason or yeah. another. So she decides instead to, because she doesn't live in London, does she? She li- she's travelled especially into London to for this meal that all her children then abandon her. So she looks around this museum and and happens to bump into a young guy who, uh, for some reason or another, and it passed me by, they end up sort of dating. And then it is the uh, the show is about the repercussions of an older woman introducing a younger man into the family and the ch- the children of that family who as much as are all grown up and got their own lives how they view him is he Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The gold digger of the title, or does he genuinely love their mother? So I have been saying for a long time that the BBC doesn't make human dramas anymore. They're all about the big ones and why don't we make sort of homegrown dramas about people anymore? And then Gold Digger arrives, and I found it completely insufferable and couldn't wait for it to end. I think it's one of the worst things I've seen the BBC do in a while. Matt, what about you? Explain why. Use your words. I found the kids so irritating that I just wanted to smother them. I didn't believe in the relationship between uh, the woman and the guy. I just felt so clunky and a mess. There's some lines of dialogue which, yes, I should have written down, but I thought was so awful. I just, I just didn't like it at all. I just wanted it to end. Mm. I just really, really disliked it. And 
It did. It, although I keep saying it didn't. Why don't we make these human dramas about people? It didn't have any humanity in it. The people were all so wooden. Oh, what do you I, mean by human dramas, though, Luke? I, I, well, you know. Oh, okay, so a good example of that would be Last Tango in Halifax. I'm not that bothered about uh, an elderly couple reuniting and falling in love again. It's not yeah. the sort of thing that I would ultimately go for. But there's so much humanity in Derek Jacobi and, and, and Anne Reid and their connection feels so believable. And then you've got Sarah Lancashire and Nicola Walker yeah. on the other side with their lives and how they all entertain. Yeah, I get that. This is they, just... It does feel now, and I think this is a problem in all media, that they're thinking about who can we sell this to next. And I think we've said this many a time. I think, so I think the one difference, and I know you disagree with this, is years and years. I thought that had this... If you just stuck with it, you know, they. I bought into the family dynamics in that. Okay. Despite the sort of, you know, the, the look towards the future, it still felt like the family at the start. And yeah. I think maybe Anne Reed is the connection there. But I think here, it reminded me most, and I know you stuck with this more than I did, of Mother, Father, Son. You know, we've sw- swept in a big um, mm. international star in Julia Ormond, who was a I big name in the 90s. I didn't know her at all. I, she, I, her, I looked her, her up and I still yeah. didn't know her. I mean, she had a, quite a few um, big big roles, the sort of mid-90s films. She was the star of the remake of Sabrina alongside Harrison Ford and Greg Kinnear. Yeah. And she was also in um, the f- uh, first night, the King Arthur thing with uh, Sean Connery. And I think Richard Gere, actually, were drawing that comparison. Um, but here, yeah, I mean... Of everyone, I suppose, she was the most intriguing character. But I think it was all, as you say, I would agree with Clunky. They do meet, they have this connection. You know, they. I think she thinks it's a one-night stand. I think he is, it's Ben Barnes, ben Barnes, who, you know, was on screens 10 years ago as Prince Caspian. He was also in uh, Stardust. Uh, but he uh, playing a rather bland sort of, I think he's a copywriter, the, the the clunkiest moment for me is when early on after their night together they go shopping and she buys him a watch and it, and the camera really focuses in on oh look she's spending a lot of money this on buying money. him a watch is I'm he a gold it should the title should be gold digger question mark yeah. um, I mean, like and, lawyer so <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean and he yeah. really reminds me the actor is Sebastian Armisto he really reminds me a bit of the um the son in Mother, Father, Son, this sort of overworked character. I mean, yeah, he's in this I can marriage. really see the parallels now. Yeah. You it. Um, Jemima Rupert, who I thought was fine. She's always really fine. didn't give her a lot to do. And then the youngest son didn't look like anyone in the family at all. Was that really annoyed me? The better actors, like Alex Jennings, for example, I don't know if he, looking at the sort of trailer for the second episode, if he's got a lot more to do there, because it's sort of him coming towards you know, meeting the, the Ben character for the first time. And we had a bit of uh, Julie McKenzie as well as her former mother-in-law. Um, there was, and, and and we did mention a Luke special. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean... the, the flash flash forward to uh, a year forward where she's driving away uh, from her wedding, wed- wearing a wedding dress. Another parallel to the end of the epic world. Who would have thought these shows had so much in common? It's a shame because the premise is intriguing to me, almost in the sort of Dr. Foster-esque intrigue and things. But the way it's done, the way it's written, the performances, they're all so wooden. I mean, Julia Ormond, 
I just kept thinking, how good would it have been if if Leslie Manville's mum character mm. was in this scenario? Yeah. She's so warm and lovely, and you, you'd hate to think of her being taken advantage of. Here, I couldn't give two hoots no, what she's happened. very cold and distant, wasn't she? Everybody her, is. Her children were cold and distant, and you could understand yeah. why if they'd been brought up by her. Um, yeah. And it's a shame as well, because um, this is the follow-up to 13 from Marnie Dickens, which, again, yeah. was quite a human drama. We were drawn in there by Jodie Comer and her performance. I mean, there were clunky bits in that with the investigation, but she had a central character who you really cared for in a heightened premise, more yep. heightened than this, that's, that was believable. And I mean, I don't know if this is just first episode nerves, but we got like the flash forward, which I had no interest in whatsoever. Yep. You know, apart from that scene where she buys him a watch, there's no suggestion that he is interested in anything other than her. Yep. I think the insinuation is, or oh, if this was an older man and a younger woman, you wouldn't have an issue with it at all. But they don't make a big deal of that, really. So at the early point when we met the kids, I made a prediction. I actually wrote it down on my notepad on the computer. and I said, you put it in an envelope. And I sort of said, at some point during this, the, old, the older kids are going to say, our mother's having more sex than, I, than we are. Because I just thought that's, that's the sort of line of dialogue you'd expect them to say. And about the 45-minute mark, Jemima Roper turns to her annoying brother and goes... Ooh. Um, Rupert. Rupert, sorry, yeah. Her, she turns to him and goes, our mother's getting laid more than more often than we are. I thought, that's yes, that's exactly what I thought you'd say. Uh, there's a really clunkiness when the two worlds collide because she says to the youngest son, well, she says to all three of them, I've got some news for you. And he says, oh, you're not dying, are you? I mean, it's, it's, And actually, oh. you say that about the line, I, I had a similar prediction that, that he would think that they that he was their waiter when yes, he came, first yes, came over to the table. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, I may cut this out because only you and I live in this world where we have semi-vivid memories of older shows gone by, but it reminded me Leaving. of one of the first shows we ever talked about, which was Leaving, which was a, a very similar pre- uh, premise where Helen McCroy uh, of Peaky Blinders and, funnily enough, Mother, Father, Son... Uh, worked in a hotel with this young lad. They sort of have a passionate oh, affair. Oh yeah, so he he started at the hotel, didn't yeah, he? Cal- yeah, Callum Turner uh, of uh, the of the capture. He he's they work at this hotel, and it's about their relationship and the fallout from when the family discovers the affair. So it's not a you know, it's not it's exactly not, the same. Yeah, because here she's a divorcee, and there's yeah. no there's no reason why they shouldn't be together here whereas in leaving you know she was in a relationship you know she was a family woman in that so it's a little bit different but, but it's that sort I liked leaving for what it was and for mm. what it tried to do because I liked Helen McCraw I like, I, to, to a degree I must have liked Callum Turner although who played the husband in that because I think you liked Somebody that relationship well known. I can't remember you, who it was. you liked that relationship and the fact that there was there was you know he wasn't uh, you know, an he wasn't an awful husband. man, no. He just sort of, over time, sort of neglected her, taken her for advantage maybe a little bit. Whereas here it's all like, you know, the husband has left um, Julia Ormond for one of her friends. You know, it's Nikki Amuka Bird, isn't it, from Luther, who's playing the, the new woman of her ex-husband. Um, there was a very clunky scene between them as well. I suppose, I think the problem is... 
is that they didn't make the Ben Barnes character interesting enough for you to care about whether she he is manipulating her. You know, there wasn't that ambiguity there to his no. motivation. You know what I mean? It's sort of he was written so bland. The only suspicion you got was that first scene where she's driving away from the wedding, really upset. You know, it's there's nothing to suggest that he is has any ulterior motives. No, and I I would almost be happier with it being spoon fed to me. Him on the phone going, you'll never guess who I met, or you'll never get something like that. So we know as an audience exactly who he is, and that so he's playing this dull person to. There's not to enough drama. The There's not enough drama it's in this just, drama. <laughs> it's so boring. It's relentlessly boring, and I have no desire to watch any more of that at all. It does um, feel it's in this sort of it's it this BBC sort of pre-Christmas slot, you know, because they know these dramas are going to be running up against I'm a Celeb in a week or so, um, that they pop pop on things which they don't really believe in. We always get a sort of drama like this. There was that post-drama a couple of years ago set in the in the World War that neither of us watched. Um, and it feels... Because this has been on the slate for a while now, I think. Uh, what a shame, though. Gold Digger, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock on BBC One. We were also going to review uh, Love and Hate Crime, which is on uh, the iPlayer under the BBC Three uh, strand. It is uh, three episodes. It's a second series. We were going to review it. It's tricky to review because it's a documentary, mm-hmm. and to review it, we would have to talk about all the best bits about it. And um, and also, it's it. We are running long at this point. <laughs> yes, we're running too what long did you, for me. Just generally, I suppose we can say it's about a. Um, a, a, a youngster who is charged with murdering a young Guatemalan, an 18-year-old, yeah. in a sort of very privileged... It's West, West Palm Beach in Florida. Um, he's charged with the murder, and it basically follows the trial from from the different angles. You know, you meet uh, friends of the, of the murdered victim, uh, the, his sister... Uh, the police officer, and then you've got the sister of the the guy on trial. You've got his, the defence lawyer. You've got someone on the jury, which I thought was really good, having that sort of perspective. Yeah, there. you never see that. You never see without, it. I suppose, I... ruining what happens. Um, what do you yeah. think, just generally, to the to the premise and to the I, to the well, way? Yeah, was... I have to say, the way it was put together, these these documentaries, they're not documentaries as we know them now. They are more like, they're paced as if they're a drama and you get really sucked in. The way this was paced and the way it re- it made you think things and then reveal that those things were not what you thought and made you question your own uh, moral compass. I just thought the way, and I remember the ones last year feeling the same, the way they're put together and the way they sort of, they give you information just at the right time, just as you're about to make an, a decision on who these people are and who this guy is and why he did what he did. They drop other things in rather than putting and that's it all what, out on the yeah. table. It's so cleverly done. And that's why it's great having that juror there because she's almost like your proxy, isn't she? She's yeah. like, this is what I was thinking. The only thing I would have liked, and I suppose this might be a sort of legality thing, is once they gave you the verdicts and showed you that, um, mm. what, you know, her thoughts were why she came to the decision she did um because they didn't give her name they just had her as juror number nine i thought um, i sort of think i know why she did but i don't want to 
spoil no, it. No, but I suppose I would. That's the only thing. The only thing I didn't like about this was the they tried to shoehorn like Donald Trump and things like that in there in one scene. You know, I didn't think it needed it. I that think passed was, me by. I don't remember that. Strong, there was, uh, I think it was, you know, the friend who worked with him at the restaurant. She was saying things about racism oh, yeah, being prevalent more, now. Because yeah, he's here more president. than he is at the warehouse. Yeah. Uh, White House. That's but right, it yeah. did actually, oddly, and you say it's not produced like a documentary, it did really remind me of Veronica Mars. Um, <laughs> because, I didn't well, see I that don't coming. know if, if this place is, because in, I know you don't watch it, but Veronica Mars is Neptune. This this yeah. place was called Jupiter. <laughs> And, and it is in, a real place in Florida, and in, though. And in, yeah, and in in that though, you know, it is like the the disparity between the uh, privileged world where a lot of the you know the main characters live in, and the you know they have got Hispanic characters in that who are. It might be who, who a, a spin-off the then. Of the, um, using, and, using and that I, I suppose the big not twist, but the big thing in this was that they gave you sympathy for the person who was accused of the murder yeah. by by having a lot of scenes with his sister and then talking about their upbringing and the yeah. fact that they were also Hispanic of birth and then adopted, which I thought was a really good... Yeah. And, you but know, again, it's one of you those didn't get that. Uh, they didn't say, well, uh, hang on, I... It's not... They didn't present it as it's a story uh, about a Hispanic killing another Hispanic. Uh, they presented it so cleverly so that you almost had reveal moments yeah. like a good drama would they're really really good and it's I sort of truth is stranger them. than fiction sort of thing the, the one we're talking about in specific is the second episode called trouble in paradise we should say that but i'd recommend you watch them all they're all on iplayer they are really under the radar after ten forty-five on a tuesday night on bbc one but they're as i say they're all there for you to watch and i really think we're making uh, as a collective the television market is making some great and i don't feel like we talk about enough documentaries uh, especially this year i think we've talked about one the hospital thing i think the problem with documentaries is that you're reviewing something that's real so you you can't really but i I suppose we are reviewing the the structure and the way they've told that story i mean i really liked in this the cinematography and the editing and the little shots they had of as I say, in the, I, I didn't like the way the shoehorn Trump in. I suppose that's we're criticising the way it's made rather than the story as a whole. Quite, I, I think, suppose so. Yeah. So, Love and Hate Crime, catch it all on the iPlayer. That is it now. Uh, at oh, wow, you've got your money's worth. Yeah, didn't you just? We yeah. weren't here for two weeks and then, wow, we're here again. Uh, at Luke Custard TV on Twitter, at Custard TV Pod on Twitter as well, at Matt's TV Bites. The Matt, I've mentioned the email a few times. I'll just mention it again Custard TV reviews on Gmail. Speaking of reviews, we'd love yours on what you think of the podcast on any of the, uh, the apps you use, be it TuneIn, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever it is you use. TuneIn. Please give us uh, a five star review. And also let people know that you've found us. The website we're linked to is thecustardtv.com. Loads of things on there for you to look at, reviews uh, and TV news and all that sort of thing. And quite soon, actually, the Christmas TV listings. Can you believe it? I know. And and your best of the 2010s. Yes, which is giving me headaches. But we will will get this. Yeah, and night I keep waking up thinking about all the shows on the list. And how I'm going to fit them all in. Okay, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. This has been another Custard TV podcast. 
rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.